welcome to episode 8 of Set Your Mind to It with Michaela Campbell. This is a podcast where I share personal advice, tips and life experiences to help like-minded, ambitious young women to set their mind to it and achieve their goals. So for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how to be happy on your own. I want to give you guys a little bit of background before I jump into my own experiences and tips I have for you guys because this is a topic that I've been umming and ahhing about for weeks about whether I was wanting to record this, um, if I was ready to, if I had anything useful to say on it because I had a bit of an idea in my head that, well, who am I to say what's happiness because I think everyone always is wanting to be happy like that tends to be the goal for most people to be happy in their lives and I didn't want it to come across as, oh guys, I know how to be happy, I know the secret to life. I've figured it all out because that is definitely not the case. Um, So I didn't want it to come across as being like I've got it all figured out. But I have got a few things I'd like to share from my own experiences. And I didn't want to wait until I decided, okay, I've figured it all out perfectly. Because if I wait till I've got it all figured out perfectly, this won't get recorded till I'm like 80 years old. (laughs) So I thought for today's episode, I wanted to do it from the perspective of I might be literally one or two steps ahead just because I've been through things that have given me experiences and I've tried things and I just want to share what's worked for me on how I've managed to find happiness on my own and I don't want you to have the impression that I've got it all figured out because I think this is still something I work on some weeks I probably feel like I've got it more figured out than other weeks so there's been a lot of umming and ahhing about whether I should record this but I figured you know what, I've got some tips that I've got um, to share with you and I know I've got friends that would actually find this really useful and so I think this is stuff I'd want to share with my friends and therefore it's things I want to share with you if you're listening. So I thought I'd just give you a bit of background for that um, and we'll get into it. So how to be happy on your own. I wanted to kind of do this from the perspective of not just necessarily for, okay, you're single and how do you be happy by yourself? I kind of want you to think of this as if you're listening to this and you're in a relationship, there's still something to be gained. So don't press pause and get out of this just yet. Um, Because I was speaking to one of my friends and she said she is in a relationship, but she would love to know this as well, like how to be happy on her own. She feels that she's very much dependent on her partner for her happiness. And I think that's something that a lot of people experience, whether you're in a relationship or not. Um, I think there's a lot to be gained about learning to be happy within yourself. So it's not necessarily just on your own, but within yourself, I think is a key to this episode. So please give this a listen the whole way through and see if there's something that you can take away from this, whether you're in a relationship or single, it's not just a single person episode. Um, so I think the first thing I want to chat about is don't depend on someone else for your self worth. Um, So if you're wanting to be happy on your own, you've got to be your own sense of self-worth. And by this, I mean that you're providing your own validation for being worthy and being good enough for someone or just being good enough in general. I think a lot of people tend to have this really subconscious, sneaky belief um, in the back of their minds that if someone loves you, then you're worthy. And the reason I think that this is a belief people have is because so many people want to be in relationships. And if you really 
boil that down to why do people want to be in relationships? Why is it so sought after? Why do we all spend our lives chasing a relationship? Some people might be because that's what they genuinely just want someone to, you know, accompany them throughout life and it's just that extra something. And I think genuinely that is a reason for a lot of people. But I think another side of it is that we're scared that we're not good enough. So we're looking for someone else to confirm that, oh, well, I'm lovable, therefore I am worthy. Um, And that's just that one person who knows you so well can give you that sense of validation that you are worthy. So you're using it as a form of self-worth. And so I think in order to be happy on your own, you've got to really be onto yourself with this. Are you with someone as a form of validation? And it's going to be really stinky. It's going to be hard to tell if that is the case for you or not. I know for me, definitely like it's hard not to think of that as if someone loves you, then they can see something that's worthy of love. So it's kind of a hard one to, I guess, call yourself out on because it's so deep-rooted. But if you can be aware of it, then you can start to work on loving yourself regardless of whether someone does or not. Because of course we want to be loved, like that feels nice, but you want to be able to love yourself even if someone else does or doesn't. Like it needs to be an independent variable, I guess, without anyone else being the factor that determines it. So learn to love yourself is basically where this goes. So it's pretty cliche, but it's so true. You've really got to be your own person and love yourself regardless and um, provide that own validation. So that's pretty easy to say, not so easy to do, but I'll go through some things as well that I found have helped with me finding my own sense of validation and self-worth. So one of the first tips I have for that is to do things that scare you. So for me, to become happy on my own, um, so for a bit of background for those who don't know me before, I've just jumped into this, but without any background. So I've been single for, I guess, about 10 months now. So for some people, they might say that's not long, but I think I've still learned a lot in that amount of time. Um, so I found one of the best things that I've been able to do is to do things that scare me. And the reason this has been so effective is because I get to feel proud of myself when I follow through with these things. So for example, starting a podcast, scary as hell, but I feel so proud of myself for doing that. Um, And then that contributes to that whole feeling worthy, feeling good enough because you're giving yourself that validation and it's a bit of a cycle. If you do something that scares you, then you can feel proud of yourself and then you can feel good and you start to believe that you are good enough because you've done things that you're proud of. And so you can kind of see how this cycle goes around. Another example is I went and did a placement in Perth. I'm from Bendigo in Victoria, so opposite side of the country. Um, Without any family or friends over there, I just decided it's something that I wouldn't have done before if I was in a relationship because I had to check in with someone else. But when I was on my own, I decided, you know what, this is something I can do. So I wanted to use the positives of being on my own to do things that I might not have been able to do before. And that was a scary thing because it was a whole month over there on my own. But it was one of the best experiences and I was really proud of myself for doing that. Um, So that's something to try regardless of if you're in a relationship or not. Do things that scare you. Step out of your comfort zone. So it's another cliche, but step out of your comfort zone. 
so that you can be proud of yourself for giving things a try um, and challenging yourself because that's the only way you're going to grow in life. The only way that you're going to change and evolve is to step outside your comfort zone and do things that you might not normally do. And I do think that will help you to feel happy because if you can feel proud, it's a similar feeling to feeling happy um, within yourself. Um, my other tip kind of that goes along with that is to get a new hobby so or a skill or a qualification or a passion. The reason I say this is coming from the perspective of for myself after a breakup, <clears throat> trying to figure out how to be happy on my own, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I found the best way to do this was to kind of reinvent myself. I needed to give myself a new identity because I think if you're in a relationship, you can often have your identity tied up in the fact that you're with another person and your identity is just kind of tangled up in that. Um, You start to do a lot of things together, spend a lot of your time together. There's nothing wrong with that, but it just starts to mean your identity is potentially intertwined with someone else. And if you then go from being in a relationship to being on your own, you might need to redefine your identity. So for me, I started to try a lot of different things. Um, I One of these things was got my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness done, finally. Um, that only happened once I was on my own and that was something, again, that I could be really proud of myself for accomplishing. So I got to throw myself into that. Um, and I think as well, if you're going through a breakup, not that this episode is supposed to be about breakups, but having somewhere to channel your energy was super helpful for me. Um, so qualification, that was a very time-consuming use, a good way to channel my energy. And the other thing is, if you're on your own, you might have a little bit of extra time as well. So um, a new hobby or a new skill, find yourself a passion, Um So for me, I went and brought a lot of books, still getting through them all, but um, that was something that I hadn't really had much time or I hadn't made time for. So um, that was something that I would probably classify as a little hobby, but got back into reading because I had a passion for that as a kid. And I think that's another little thing that you can kind of, if you're trying to figure out, oh my God, I'm on my own. I don't know what to do with myself I'm struggling to be happy on my own think back to your childhood and what you did as a kid what did you love doing Um, and another thing for me that that brought up was um, I loved cooking as a kid and baking in particular actually and so I got back into baking as well and um, I've done lots of you know trying new recipes cooking new things and just with extra time because as well isolation (laughs) meant lots of time to experiment with things and it's almost like find a new creative outlet for yourself um that can be fun you can kind of give yourself a sense of purpose and just a way to express yourself that you might not have been able to before um I found that really helpful and then learn new skills another thing I did I've always wanted to learn how to paddleboard so when I was in Perth I made sure that while I was over there, I went and found a paddleboarding place with a friend who I ended up over there with and learnt to paddleboard. Got ourselves a quick little lesson and away we went. 
And that was, again, something that I had never done before, but I wanted to do. Not necessarily something that scared me, but it was just a new thing to try out. So still something new, stepping outside your comfort zone, just a tiny bit. Um, I just feel like all these things, creating a sense of self that you've got, you want to feel like you're a multifaceted person. You've got lots of interests and hobbies and things that you enjoy doing. Um, Because I know for me, when I was in a relationship, I probably spent a lot of time, you know, channeling my energy into that relationship and not channeling that energy into myself, which meant I didn't spend time developing my interests or passions or hobbies. Um, You know, hobbies would be watching Netflix together and chilling and not really spending any time figuring what else I like to do. So another thing I did is I spent lots of time listening to new music and figuring out because that was something I just hadn't neglected. I hadn't spent much time um, figuring out even what kind of music I like to listen to on my own. So not really a hobby, but I just spent more time getting some playlists and figuring out what I liked. And it's just about, you know, developing yourself and getting to know yourself as well, I think, is part of that one. And finding your passion, whatever that might be. Some people it's creativity, some people it's more intellectual or technology based but just finding out what makes you tick because I think that's a really attractive trait in a person to have things that you're passionate about um, and each person's different it's what make you unique so you may as well spend time figuring that out and developing yourself um, and then my next tip is to do things on your own if you have been with someone you'd be used to doing things with someone all the time. You'd be used to having company, going for grocery shops or um, going to the movies, going for coffee, going for a walk. You might go and do your exercise together. You might be used to having company for the smallest of tasks, even watching Netflix, um, having dinner or anything. You might just be really accustomed to having someone in your life and a part of your daily routine so if you do find yourself on your own then this might be a bit of a rude awakening because you might have to go holy crap I'm not used to being by myself and doing things by myself but the best thing you can do in order to be happy on your own is to get comfortable doing things on your own um this is something I definitely I've never been one to hate being on my own I've always been that person who's like yes parents are away get the house myself not because I'm having friends over having a party or doing anything like that because I just loved having that time to myself but to (laughs) make this a little bit more confusing I'm also an extrovert so I love spending time with people I get energized by spending time with people so don't think I'm um, coming from this as an introvert who's like just wanting time by myself I'm someone who loves being with people but I also have been comfortable in the past being alone and I do want to touch on this um, as well the difference between being alone and lonely because I think I've been the past one who's okay with being alone Um, but from going to being with someone to being alone for lots of things is a big difference because you might be used to doing mundane things and then being on your own for everything it's a big adjustment Um, and I found 
you can be like you probably heard about this but I wanted to kind of talk about what the difference is between being alone and being lonely so being alone is more of a physical kind of thing if you're alone you're by yourself but you're content with the solitude of your own company and this is something a lot of people do struggle with and I definitely have found myself in this position as well but then the difference is you can be alone without being lonely and this I think might be a bit of a common misconception that you know if you're alone by yourself then you're lonely no people can be super happy when they're alone um and they can be lonely when they're alone but then you can also be lonely when you're in a big crowd so the little definition I found for lonely was if you're feeling empty or disconnected or sad or longing for company. So you've got to learn that there's a difference between feeling lonely and being alone. They're two completely different things and you want to get comfortable at being alone without feeling lonely. And I think that's the key. So you can be alone, but you can go out and do things. So that might mean taking yourself out to the pictures or taking yourself out for a coffee for me what I did just the other weekend I went to a farmer's market by myself and I would normally always just you know wait to have company to do that but I was like you know what I don't want to have to wait for someone to be in my life to go to a farmer's market like I want to go grab a coffee and have a little meander around because I've never been one that hated wandering around by myself like I'll take myself out shopping but there's some certain things that I wouldn't normally do so I was like you know what I'll go to a farmer's market and then I also love going to the beach, but it's something I would always go f- to the beach with someone else. I'd always go for a walk along the beach with someone else, whether it's friends or a partner. It's not something I'd ever done on my own for a long period of time, like a long beach walk. And so after the farmer's market, I took myself to the beach and I went for a long hour long walk along the beach. And I also just spent a bit of time watching the ocean and it was the nicest Thing. It was a weird day. I was having a bit of um, feeling a little bit strange, a little bit mixed emotions, but I still kind of stepped out of my comfort zone in terms of really embracing the time on my own and doing things that I would normally have done with someone else. And that was me stepping outside my comfort zone. So doing something that scared me a little bit, not that they're really scary things, but you can use this example, you know, taking yourself to the movies or out for dinner or something that does scare you. Um, And then you can feel proud of yourself for doing something that you previously wouldn't have done Um, because it means that you're independent. You don't require anyone else. And guess what? You get to be happy regardless of whether you have someone to do those activities or not, because previously in the past, you might've thought, oh, well, I love doing these activities. So for me, going to the beach, that makes me happy. But if that's tied up with having to have someone to do it with, then I'm going to be dependent. My happiness is going to be dependent on having someone to do those activities with to be happy. But if I can go, well, I know what I enjoy doing. I like, you know, grabbing a coffee by myself or I just like grabbing a coffee and going to the beach. If I can do that by myself, then my happiness is not dependent on someone else and therefore I can be happy on my own. So I think that's a really important thing is to get comfortable with your own company. And this might even be, you know, just sitting at home, getting comfortable, spending time by yourself, watching Netflix by yourself and, you know, feeling good about that. Like 
in the past you might have thought okay Netflix is quality time with my partner and I'm gonna really enjoy it but then when you're on your own you might think of it as you know guilt procrastination time when you should be doing something else start to learn how to use that time as you know quality time to rest and recover by yourself rather than using it as you know time to be guiltily procrastinating so get comfortable on your own and do things on your own go out of your way do a road trip by yourself just whatever you like to do try doing it on your own and when I'm saying this I want you to think this isn't just if you're single this is if you're in a relationship so if you're in a relationship and this is probably more so if you're it's gonna suck to say it but codependent on your partner like I think I'm definitely guilty for this um and you know, you pay the price afterwards because if you're dependent on someone else, you stop relying on your wider support networks. But I think if you're in a relationship, the best thing you can do to be happy without your partner being the factor that determines that is to go and do some things on your own. So rather than doing every single thing that you do with your partner with them, still set aside some really special quality time with them to go and do you know, a road trip or, you know, spending a day together. Also set aside some time to go and do something by yourself that you would normally do with them. So, you know, it might be going and watching the sunset, but doing it by yourself just because they're busy, but you're also planning to do that by yourself. You're not waiting till they're free or going for that beach walk or getting that coffee or taking yourself out for dinner or going for a movie night even if you're in a relationship, still go and do those things on your own so that you get comfortable being on your own so you don't need to be with someone all the time to do things. So that's a little bit of a rant on do things on your own. (laughs) I feel like I said that a lot, but I really think that's important. My next point that I think I've learned is to not search for external validation. And this is more for if you're single, because I'm talking about it don't search for external validation through dating apps um I found that I was feeling you know pretty happy content on my own so I was doing things on my own I was trying new things getting new hobbies and being pretty dang proud of myself for really developing myself and figuring out who I am as a person because I'm 23 years old I feel like that's the perfect time to be figuring out who you are um not that old I don't think and I think a lot of people would agree there but then I found myself it was pretty sneaky and this is why I'm going to include it in here because I think it's so common to be on dating apps and talking to people and that's fine like there's nothing wrong with that I'm all about that but what I found and I want to point it out here so you can tell if you're doing it as well is that I then started to use so I wasn't in a relationship was doing all these things and feeling pretty good on my own but then I was using dating apps to talk to people and using that as validation every time someone would message me and show interest and being um, you know having a conversation with someone that was a form of validation oh someone else is interested in me someone else is interested in me someone else that was just another form of validation and I didn't realize it straight away so It took me a while, but for now, I'm not doing that at the moment. And this is might be oversharing, but I am purely focusing on me just because I realize, and this might not be you, this, you might be totally 
able to talk to people and not use it as a form of validation but I found that I was just using it as that attention from people and I think you might relate to this in terms of you know attention from friends or family or guys or girls or whatever it might be you might be using that as a form of oh people are interested in me they're wanting to spend time with me or talk to me therefore I'm interesting and therefore I'm good enough for someone and I'm a good person and then your self-worth starts to get tied up in whether people are interested in you so the catch is if you are doing that through dating apps for example what happens when people stop talking to you? Your self-worth, your self-confidence, everything just drops down because you're waiting for someone else. So you might then start swiping and start talking, looking for someone to talk to. You might drop your standards because you're just looking for someone to validate that you are worthy enough. You're looking for someone to be like, wow, you're an interesting person. I like talking to you. So if you are finding that you're doing that, you're on the dating apps, for that purpose of having people show interest in you um, you can still use them I'm all for it if you want to get out there and meet people and make genuine connections just use it for a fun time whatever literally go for it got nothing against it but if you are focusing on being happy within yourself just be mindful that this might be playing a bit of it might be a little bit of a mind game that you're playing with yourself because you won't realize that your self-worth is getting tied up into if someone is showing interest in you so just be aware of if that's you it might not be but I think it's pretty common these days so I feel like this is going to be pretty widely applicable to guys and girls um, using dating apps because I think in this culture this day and age you can literally get on a dating app and get validation from anyone so I think we're all doing it in some way shape or form we're putting our best selves forward and then letting other people reaffirm that yes we're good enough Um, I don't think it's just girls guilty of this I think guys would definitely be guilty of this as well Um, and if you are doing the personal development work I think this is just one thing to be aware of Um, and if you're wanting to really challenge yourself to be happy on your own without someone else maybe take a little hiatus from the dating apps just to see if you are if you're finding there's no difference for you in how you feel that's fine get back on them if you want but if you're finding oh crap I feel a bit blur I kind of want to re-download that app and message someone then maybe you are using it for validation so just call yourself out on it um cool so that's my next rant done (laughs) um my next point is something that has been absolutely vital for me and that's building a support network um I found coming out of a long-term relationship so about four years after that so I was never someone who would turn away an opportunity to hang out with friends I thought I had like a really healthy relationship where you know I would still see my friends I thought all the time and I thought I was prioritizing spending time with them. I wouldn't be like, no, 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 can't do that. Sorry, can't do that. And turning down events in, in order to spend time with my partner. But coming out of that relationship, I really didn't feel like I had as strong of a support network as I would like. And that wasn't a reflection on my friends at all. 
It was completely the fact that I'd failed to keep a strong, wide support network there for me. And the reason that happened is that because you can, there's a term called enmeshment. So if you're with someone, um, you can become enmeshed where your lives are just completely intertangled and intertwined and you're enmeshed. Your lives are enmeshed with each other. And for me, that meant that if I had a problem, if I had a good day, if I had anything I wanted to talk about, I shared it with one person. I still would share with my friends, like I'm a pretty open person, but I wasn't reaching out to my friends to share trivial things. I wasn't leaning on them for, you know, little dramas or big problems or anything. I would keep them up to date on my life and I would catch up with them and tell them what's going on. But it was almost like I would be telling them after the fact, hey, here's what's happening. Um, The only times I feel like I probably really heavily rely on them if I was having a relationship problem because then I couldn't speak to that one person that I was relying on. So then this led to a problem coming out of a four-year relationship that I didn't have really strong, deep friendships that I could fall on easily because completely because of myself, I just wasn't comfortable to do so because I'd become so comfortable just doing that with one person. I didn't do it with my family, didn't do it with my friends. I literally just had one person as my main support network and I remember even during my relationship and this is why I think this episode is so important for people in relationships and people that are single because if I could have someone say to me even back when I was in a relationship hey strengthen your support networks here's why you need to do it now I probably would have benefited at the time knowing this because I didn't rely on anyone else in the way that I should have Um, and then coming out of that relationship over the past 10 months I've slowly but surely built up a much much stronger support network not that my friends were never there for me I want to really emphasize that it was just that I was a person and I'm probably someone who doesn't ask for help that's probably a big part of it but I've learned to have to ask for help from different people and I've always been someone who's had different friends for different things like you know you'll have different interests and you'll bond with some people more strongly in some areas and then other friends you'll have different interests so you'll share different parts of your lives with each other and that's the way it's kind of worked I've got friends in that have different interests that I'll go to for certain problems is what I'm trying to say that was always the case but I feel like now I've strengthened that I've found more friends um strengthen a lot of the friendships that I've already had and the way that I've done that is just by reaching out and sharing more of what's going on in my life and rather than having that one person that gets to hear all of my bad news and all of my good news and everything in between everything that I'm going through day to day I'll share that around with lots more people and I'll probably message more people now and that was another thing that I probably didn't spend a lot of time messaging people and making efforts for plans I kind of always relied on other people to message me and in hindsight I wish I had to put more effort in there but you live and you learn (laughs) and so now I put a little bit more effort into initiating plans because you know part of it is initially that you've got more time so you're looking for distractions but now it's what I realize I need um, 
to be happy on my own. That's what it comes down to is having a strong support network so that you can share not only when you're struggling because it's so important to have people that you can lean on and not being afraid to, you know, ask for help when you need it. But also I think the important part of this is to share the joys and all the good things that happen in your life. You want to be able to share those fun things and I think that's why you need to have the support network there, not just for if you're struggling, but for when you're doing well, you want to be able to share your joys. That's part of the human experience. And so on this, if you are in a relationship and you kind of thought when I was talking about enmeshment or, you know, codependency that, oh, like, that's not me. I've got a really healthy relationship. You can have an amazing relationship, but you might also have a little bit of this reliance on each other and what I'm encouraging you to do is reach out for some other people to be your support networks as well because you might stay with your partner forever and it's still going to be a beneficial thing to have a wider support network because I know even when I was in a relationship I remember at one point having a little bit of a moment at one point and just being like I feel really lonely I feel a little bit isolated And that was my own doing, but I just didn't feel connected to my own friends. And this is the difference between being alone and lonely. I was with my partner and literally was telling him I felt lonely because I hadn't continued to strengthen my friendships or keep the connections there. I hadn't reached out and it goes two ways. So I needed to put in that effort um, and then that would be reciprocated because you know, you bounce back and forth with your friends with messages. If they get a message from you every few weeks or every month, or whatever it might be, then they'll shoot you a message as well. So you'll get that rapport going. So if you are in a relationship, you can still feel lonely if you're not connecting because part of loneliness is being empty or disconnected or longing for company. And it might be that you need company from more than one person. So please reach out. And this isn't, I've spoken about this from predominantly a friend's point of view, but for me, I know a massive support network um, in my probably like first few months when I was, you know, working through all those emotions post-breakup, I leant, oh my gosh, lent on my family a lot um, because, you know, you can be vulnerable with your family. I wouldn't say I'm super, super close with my family all the time, but at that time, I lent on my family because I feel like now, 10 months down the track, I've really strengthened my friendships. At that time, I lent on my family because they were close and I could be open, raw, vulnerable. And you know, most of the time, there's not going to be judgment from family. And so I feel like while I was in a relationship, I hadn't put a lot of um, effort into family relationships either. And so then they got strengthened as well. So family or friends, any kind of relationships, regardless of if you're in a relationship or single, is worth spending effort and time just putting in that communication. It might be messages, it might be phone calls, it might be face-to-face, it might be Zooms, whatever it might be. It's just spending time and having people in your life. And I think that's a massive part of being happy on your own because you never want to be truly on your own. No one wants to have a completely isolated life, live a hermit life. So you want to have people there and you want to have that support network. It doesn't have to be wide, but it just has to be a quality support network. Um, so my next thing 
not as big of a rant as my last few points have been, um, but it's to journal. I think if you're on your own and you're finding, oh my God, I'm really struggling. I'm used to having someone to talk to. Um, I need someone to talk to. If you're having those kind of thoughts, journaling is key because what you can do when you're journaling, you can get your thoughts out like you would when you're talking to someone else without needing someone else there. So it's kind of the opposite of my last point. I definitely think you need to have that support network, but I think you can also use journaling to supplement that. So you don't want to always need someone. I think it's great to have the support network there and to ask for help and to lean on people, but you also want to be self-sufficient at times in the sense that you can solve your own problems a little bit. Like you can start to work through things, um, You don't have to have someone, but you can use them when you need them, if that makes sense. Just that slight difference between completely needing someone and utilizing friends and family. So journaling, you can do a thought download where you just write down your thoughts, you know, nonstop for it might be a page, it might be for a set amount of time. um, And you might just be like, whatever you think, you just get it out because sometimes you just need to have a vent to someone that would be the same as what you do when you're journaling or it might be that you've got one issue one problem that you're really trying to figure out so you might just journal about that you might you know write out all the kind of thoughts and straighten out your thoughts just by having them on paper you can often make it a lot clearer Um, and you can write out questions as you go so things that you'd normally ask someone else for write out that question regarding that problem things that you're just like, oh, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what the right thing to do here is. Write it out and then answer your own question. Often we go to someone else because we think, oh, someone else will have the answer. But you might have the answer, but you just need to ask your brain the right questions, ask your brain good questions to be able to come up with answers. And that's where journaling can come in handy because it's a way to utilize yourself as a support network, I guess, um, in addition to having your other support network. So that's journaling. Then my next thing that I would recommend is a little practical to do, um, which I did and I keep on looking back at it and I love it. So I think you should do it as well. (laughs) Um, But this is, I want you to do a list of all the things that you've accomplished by yourself. Um, You can do this if you're by yourself being single or if you're in a relationship But for me, I did a list of all the things that I've managed to accomplish because I'm single and it's the best damn thing. So if you're ever feeling a bit blur and, you know, it's not good to be on your own, you're not enjoying it, you're not happy um, being on your own, write down a list of all the things that you can do because you are on your own. So flip it, like make it what could you not do and that's a bit back to front but what has this enabled you to do because you're on your own what are the things that you're able to do now that you wouldn't have been able to do if you were with someone or for me it's just I wrote down I'm just flipping to it now I wrote down all the things that I've accomplished since I've been on my own Um, some of them I probably could have done if I was with someone a lot of them I couldn't have though and I've got a list and it's literally two pages long And it's all kinds of things um, like different activities I've tried, different 
skills, the qualifications that I've gotten, um, different like trips that I've made, things that I've achieved, um, friends that I've made and all of those things you can look at and be like, holy heck, that's actually pretty damn awesome and I'm proud of myself for doing all that. And not only am I proud of myself for doing all that, but maybe it's not so bad being on my own. Look at all these things that I've been able to do. Maybe I don't need someone else. And if you can just think those thoughts that maybe I don't need someone else, maybe I am happy on my own. Maybe I am completely independent and capable. And if you can think those thoughts, just starting to think maybe if you're struggling to think those, you can think them straight out without the word maybe in front of them. Um, But if you're struggling to believe that, just question if you can get a list and start to see it all then be like oh maybe I am happy on my own like maybe this is all pretty good then you'll be able to start to see the positives and if you start to see the positives that will encourage those feelings of happiness and contentness and just feeling genuinely generally good all around so a list of all the things you've accomplished by yourself. It's a little to do if you've got time. It doesn't take long and you can keep adding to it as well. I've added a few things to it as I've gone, as you remember things um, or as you do things. You can just add them on so that you've got a little list to look back on when you need it so that you can give yourself a little pep talk in writing. <laughs> um, another thing that I found has worked for me in terms of how to be happy on my own um, is... I'm someone who really likes routine. If you're listening to this, you might, you might not. But one thing that really worked well is finding things that made a day good and then adding them into my routine, making them a regular part of my day um, was really important. So for me, that was incorporating exercise into my day. I found that doing that first thing in the morning, that made most of my days really good. If I exercised in the evening or didn't exercise it was like eh, okay but whenever I managed to drag myself up out of bed and if you've listened to the previous episodes you'll know um, my little struggles about becoming a morning person um, so not was not a morning person to start with but I ended up feeling really proud of myself for getting up early and getting a workout done first thing because one, I was proud of myself for getting up. <laughs> and two, I was proud of myself for smashing out a workout first thing. And it just set me up on like a really good note for the whole day. And so then that just became a regular thing. It became, oh, well, like that was such a good day because I got up early. I worked out and then I was so productive. I got so much done. I just loved that. Like that was a great feeling that then I wanted to feel it again and again. So then it became a part of my routine because I was like, if I can recreate that feeling, why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I pick the keys of success from each day and make them my consistent day? Because it just makes sense. <laughs> so I started exercising. Um, and you can do that as well with like foods if you find that um, certain foods make you feel good because, you know, you nourish your body and eat really healthily. I know that I kind of like to just eat like the same healthy things. So I'll find things that I've had success with and I'll repeat them um, as well and these two kind of things kind of go into one of my next points which is exercise and self-care so yeah find things that work for you in your routine and repeat them and 
I think exercise and self-care and when I say self-care I think um, of that in terms of from a mental point of view but also from a physical and a nutrition point of view so looking after your body in terms of what you put into it and you know taking some time out to do things for me I need exercise Um, I don't exercise anymore just for the aesthetics I feel like maybe when I was younger I did but now it's literally such um, a mental thing for me even during you know the three months of isolation I would exercise every day like it was the first thing I do because it makes me feel good it clears my head out releases those endorphins so you get that physical sensation of feeling good Um, but for me that's a massive part of feeling good and happy on my own because if I'm looking after myself physically then I feel better and so exercise is key there and with self-care I feel better when I'm looking after my body by putting good food into it that does not mean that I don't indulge because believe you me I do Um, but you know good nutrition doing a bit of mindfulness journaling another thing I started taking baths I hadn't had a bath in bloody years I've been having baths um you know candles and just putting on a movie on Netflix I've got a nice little setup in my bathroom where I can prop up the laptop um those little kind of acts of self-care blocking out time to chill out going for walks is another part of exercise but um those little things where you're really looking after yourself have all been a massive part of, you know, keeping myself feeling good. Um, and I think this was a real test as well during isolation. The reason I thought that I could do this episode is because um, isolation was basically three months of actually being on my own, like living in a house with a family. But in terms of from the point of view of, you know, being single versus in a relationship, isolation really put it to the test of hey are you happy by yourself because you're gonna find out because you're spending three months without going out and mingling with people um and it's a bloody challenge but I feel like I can honestly look back and be like yeah I'm still not all the way there still got a lot to work on but this episode is all about the things that got me through that things that have worked so things like exercise self-care all these tips like new things to try out have been a massive part of feeling happy on my own and not feeling like I need someone because I feel like a whole person because I've got things that I do, I've got a routine, I've got things that I know make me feel good consistently, I've got good friends, all of those things are a massive part of knowing that I'm happy on my own and some days are easier than others of course. Um, Even this week I was thinking, oh, am I even in a mindset to record this episode I feel like now I've started talking about it I'm like heck yeah I am but before I was having massive self-doubts about it so I want you to know that this isn't an episode from the point of view that yep I've nailed it I've figured it out I've figured out what works for me it's not that I've got it all figured out and it's something that I have to keep on implementing so even going back through these things it might be that all right I need to go back and try some new hobbies or you know keep on working on different points from this list because you know, you're not always going to feel happy, you're not always going to feel good, but you need to keep on making an effort because you're the only person that can make you feel happy, you're in charge of that. So that's a little side note from exercise and self-care. I've got a few more little points here um, and then that'll pretty much wrap up the episode, but 
This one you probably heard of, but it is so important and that's to practice gratitude. So I think I haven't double checked this, but <laughs> um, gratitude, it's apparently impossible to feel anger if you're feeling gratitude. Apparently these two emotions, anger and gratitude are such opposites. They're on opposite ends of the spectrum that if you're feeling one, you just, it's actually impossible to feel the other. So if you're feeling anger and all those negative feelings, practicing gratitude is the best thing that you could do. There's so many gratitude practices that you can do. Um, For me, I normally just do it mentally. And this is probably one, it's towards the bottom of the list because I definitely need to get better at it myself. Um, But there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can just practice three things that you're grateful for at the end of the day. You could practice three things that you're grateful for, you know, before you get up. You can do it mentally. You can write it down. Um... Or a fun little one that I do sometimes that I've learned from Sam Laura Brown, so on the Perfectionism Project, is a gratitude rampage. Um, And for a set amount of time, what you do is you might, so for me, I've just done it when I'm laying in bed normally. Um, I'll say for a set amount of time, maybe a couple of minutes, because you're literally just going to go for as long as you can, name as many things as you can that you are grateful for. So you could set a timer for this, but I don't normally, and I don't do it that often, but I need to. (laughs) But it's amazing when you do it because you literally just list every single thing that you can think of that you are grateful for. And it's not just the big things in life. Like it might be, I'm grateful for like I'm sitting at my desk right now. So if I did a gratitude rampage right now, I'd go, I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful for the ability to move. I'm grateful for the ability to breathe, but you can then go, I'm grateful for my skin, I'm grateful for my hands, I'm grateful for this microphone, I'm grateful for this notebook, I'm grateful for this laptop, I'm grateful for this pen, I'm grateful to be able to speak, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for this podcast, and so on and so forth. So as you get the gist, you just go on and on and on. I'm already past just saying it, so this is why you might do it in your head. But you would just do this for whatever you set yourself. It might be a couple of minutes. You might have a song playing softly in the background and do it for the length of the song. It might be the drive home. You just do it. You might have, you know, a long road that you drive on the way home. You might do it for that whole distance of that road. Um, And you just list as many things. And the trick is you're going to run out. Like your brain will be like, oh, that's it. Okay, I've listed all the things. You've got to keep going. So you might be driving along be like okay I'm running out of things I'm grateful for the sky I'm grateful for you know the steering wheel and you just got to keep on thinking of things like it can be the smallest things but it puts your brain in um, such a positive place to be looking for things to be grateful for Um, and then yeah you just you're searching for all the good things in life and when you can see and find so many little good things it's a lot harder to feel crappy (laughs) and if you're doing this on a regular basis what will happen so if you do your three things that you're grateful for at the end of the day if you do this regularly then throughout the day you'll be going oh yep that's gonna be one of my gratitudes tonight you're gonna remember that so your brain's gonna start looking throughout the day for the good things in life and when your brain is programmed so it's your reticular activating system which i'm sure i talked about in one of the previous episodes um where your brain 
you tell it to start looking for something and it continues to look for it um, and you start to focus on it. So you're teaching your brain to focus on the positives. Um, so it's only going to lead to good things. So if you want to feel good, practice gratitude. Um, and then on the flip side of that, I think it's super important for me. This is what I've learned anyway. Um, and this is not supposed to be preachy at all. This is literally this whole episode. This is only a list of things that I found have worked for me. Things that I've tried. It's not the list of everything. Like It's not the set list of how to be happy on your own. But I found that for me, accepting struggles as a part of the journey. Because if you expect um, being on your own to be all, you know, roses, sunshine and butterflies then you're going to feel a bit crappy when you have some negative days because you're like, oh, well, it's supposed to be good and I'm not feeling good. So I found the best thing to do is to accept struggles and to be like, okay, it's okay to struggle through this and to see it as part of the journey to build resilience. So on those days that things aren't as easy, where you're thinking that it's harder than it should be and maybe you're not where you should be in terms of self-acceptance and being okay on your own, that you go, okay, struggling with this is part of the journey. There's a benefit to this because I will come out stronger on the other side. So I'm willing to go through it. But the thing is, you have to be willing to go through it. You can't be willing to skip the struggle because otherwise it's just going to come back way worse later on because you've just repressed it and pushed it down. Um, so for me, like the practical application of that, I guess, is I let myself get upset. I let myself cry and feel everything that I need to feel. And when I don't, what happens is I'll overeat, I'll procrastinate, I'll do all those bad things. Um, and I know that's when I'm not letting myself feel what I need to feel. So if you are procrastinating, overeating, binge watching Netflix, scrolling social media, it might be because you're not letting yourself feel those negative emotions, which might be the part that you need to accept as part of the struggle. So you might need to let yourself feel those negative emotions let them pass through and then continue to work on being positive so you don't want to let yourself wallow in the negativity but you do need to allow it to be there you can't hope to be positive 100% of the time when you're wanting to be happy in your own you've got to accept that there is going to be struggles because that's life there's going to be situations you encounter that are difficult and that aren't ideal but if you can accept that it's part of the journey and see that they're there to build your resilience, then it's a lot easier to accept them. So yeah, accept the struggles as part of the journey. Um, and the last part that I found is one thing that I've really learned that in terms of words that I've found I use, I've even used it when talking about um, a few things here in the past dot point, but letting go of the what ifs and the should be's. For me, these words in my vocab have been really detrimental if I use them. So if I say something, oh, it should have been like that. Or what if this happened? Or what if I did that? Or, you know, it should have been different to what it was. Whenever you're using that about past tense, so you're using that about situations that have been, you'll find you create a world of pain for yourself. And this is one I'm still working on myself, but I've noticed that if I use those words, what if or should be, there's not much to be gained by it because it's a whole world of past thinking. 
Um, I'm someone who spends a lot of time thinking about the future, but I'm also someone who tends to dwell in the past. And when I do that and I think about, oh, what could I have done differently? And this should have been like this. That just causes pain because you're arguing with reality. You're saying it should have been different to what it actually was. And the fact is, it's not. You can't change it. You're thinking and talking about the past. And when you're trying to, um, it's like you're trying to negotiate. If you're saying, what if I did this differently? If you're trying to negotiate um, with the past when it's already happened, you're going to be in a constantly losing battle with yourself because you're just arguing with yourself and trying to come up with different situations when you can't change it. So if you remove those words from your vocabulary, it's a bit of a way to kind of catch yourself out when you do start to talk about, oh, but what if this or it should have been like that? Because one, it's normally tied up in negative self-talk. Like that's not normally positive when you're saying what if or should be. It's normally a pretty negative um, conversation that's happening within yourself or with someone else when you're saying that. So if you say, all right, I'm just not going to say what if or should be, then you can call yourself out on it when you do use them and hopefully that'll improve your experience as well because it's a part of letting go of the past. So to be happy on your own, you have to accept the past and this is all a lot easier said than done but it's one thing that I found with myself that if I catch myself on those words, then I can be at peace a little bit more with myself because I'm not arguing with myself and the past and what should have been or could have been and yeah it just gets a little bit messy internally so try and avoid that and even when you're doing your thought downloads and your journaling if you start to do that or if you already do it see if you do that see if you're using those words um, and just catch yourself on it because there's not much to be gained by using them so that's a longish episode but I hope that you guys have found it useful I'm definitely really passionate about this which is why I held off on recording it because I really wanted to get the most value across to you guys. Um, I wanted to wait until I felt like I had enough experience, but then if I waited until I had enough experience, I feel like I'd never be ready. So I just wanted to share it to you from the point where I'm at now. Who knows, I might eventually do another one, like who knows how long down the track because I'm sure that I will have learnt more and be in a completely different place, you know, three, six months, a year however many years down the track. I don't think this is my end point, but I just wanted to share that if you're in a similar situation, if you're coming out of a breakup, if you're single and still, you might've been single your whole life, you might've been single a year, or you might still be in a relationship, but you might not feel happy on your own. You might feel a bit of discontent or you're just not fully satisfied. I think this episode really is just learning that sounds cliche but learning to love yourself and I think this is where personal development comes into it and I guess I've spent a bit of time listening to personal development and going through a breakup I've really had to apply it and I think that's one of the benefits of the breakup is that I get to do the personal development work on myself and I really feel like I want to share that with you guys even if I'm not at wherever the end destination is not that there probably is one because it's always ongoing work to be done um, I wanted to share it with you guys because I hope that a few of the things that I've learned could be helpful to you so that you can learn a few things as well. Um, so long episode, but I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please jump on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen and give the podcast a review. 
If you've got time to write a review, it would be amazing. If not, just give the podcast um, a rating. If you've enjoyed it, a five-star rating would be amazing. And if you're wanting to keep up to date as well, I am on Instagram at setyourmindtoit underscore and I post quotes on there and keep some story updates happening there as well. So jump on there and send me any messages with any feedback you've got as well as I'd love to hear from you guys. So thank you for listening and I'll chat to you next week. Bye. Thank you.